Hey, before we get started with today's episode, I just want to quickly let you know that if you DM me the word audit on Instagram, that's at Ken Westgar, we'll do a quick 15-minute audit of your launch. And by the end of the audit, you'll know exactly where to put your focus in order to grow and scale your next launch. So like I said, DM me the word audit on Instagram, and I'll talk to you soon. Have you ever launched and got nothing but crickets? Or maybe you're on an emotional roller coaster of highs and lows. Well, it really doesn't matter. Hi, my name is Ken Westgar, and I help online coaches grow and scale their businesses with fun and simple money-making launches. In this podcast, we talk about what it takes to run an online business and how you can bring back the fun and simplicity to your launches. You'll get tons of valuable insights and fun stories highlighting the dramatic ups, downs, failures, and success of being in launch mode to make sure you're comfortable and get ready to bench. Welcome to the Oh My God on Launch podcast. Thank you so much for everybody who is on the panel and who is ready to discuss AI and the impact of AI. And really, this conversation is all about how we can just have a healthy conversation around this topic because there are people who love it, want to embrace it, want to use it for their business and marketing. And then there's people on the other side who don't want to use it, who thinks it's ruining their business or, you know, it's not their thing, which is totally fine. I mean, there's ways to coexist with both of them. But it's interesting to just have this conversation, have these people on this panel. Um, we're going to just give everyone a little, uh, you know, 30-second introduction for so everybody knows who you are, and um, we'll get started talking about AI. So let's start with you, Todd, and then we'll just continue around the floor. Great. Well, Ken, thank you so much for having us here today. This is going to be an exciting conversation, and I'm, I'm really interested to hear what everybody else on the panel has to say. Just getting a quick background before we started has me very uh, enthusiastic about the conversation we're about to have. So uh, thank you for putting this together. Uh, my name is Taj Anatasio. I run a marketing agency called Tresnik Media. I got started in digital communications in 2002, started my agency in 2011, and um you know, have been helping clients really grow their brand online over the last decade plus uh, through websites, social, blogging, SEO, uh, emails, all the digital channels. So we're we're definitely using AI a lot across our whole kind of workflow in different ways that I'm super excited to talk about um, and hopefully help people on the call use you know use our tips that we have to to do their job a little better. Awesome, Lindsay. Let's go with you next. All right. Well, thank you for having me on here too. Um, I'm really excited to be speaking with everybody today. And for those who are catching the replay and for those that are here, um, it's a really big honor to be here. So thank you very much. Um, I am Lindsay Janney and I am a energy healer and a spiritual teacher. And I really work with creatives, creators, entrepreneurs, and soul seekers. <laughs> Uncover and unlock who they really are and who they're here to be to really help release what's been holding them back from growing and moving forward in their lives and really finally taking that next big step that they've been looking for towards that breakthrough that will really make all the difference in their lives. So um, I come from advertising and branding. That was my old job <laughs> back in the day. Uh, so I have been uh, using what I know from the industry as well as how I know how the creative mind works and how all of our minds really work from uh, that perspective. So really excited to be here. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you. Kristen, you're next. Hey, my name is Kristen Solomon, and my passion is to help entrepreneurs who have really unique solutions and have a hard time finding the words to express it, to really express it through their content marketing. 
really use their unique power to draw leads into their business. So my background is actually in massage therapy, muscle testing, and all that fun stuff. I used to be an exercise specialist, so I had fun always leaning into intuition uh, to create things, whether they be in exercise or marketing, and that is now part of what I help entrepreneurs do with their content marketing. Awesome. Thank you. And then Anna. Thank you for having us, Kim, for this panel. I'm very interested to see uh, what kinds of ideas come up in this conversation with all of us. Uh, my name is Anna Elliott. I am an artist and therapeutic art coach, and I help people use art to shift their state. And uh, one of the reasons that I started painting seven years ago was because of variety of life events that were happening all at once. And um, so I used it to de-stress, to process grief for my mom, uh, caretaking my mom when she had brain cancer and then when she passed. And so I help people do that today. And I'm really interested in this conversation in terms of how we can still keep using our creative muscle while still using technology. My, in my prior career, I was in oil and gas for uh, over a decade and then um, some other engineering as well. So as a development engineer, I'm used to using new technology and um, I used to troubleshoot models that involved coding. So I am somewhat familiar with that. So I think this is going to be a really interesting conversation. Awesome. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, like you can see, we have a broad panel, you know, from spiritual healing or teaching to, you know, marketing experts, copywriters, art coach. I mean, this is this is gold, to, in my opinion, because that means we're going to really get, get a healthy discussion around this topic. Um, why don't we talk a little bit about, you know, what AI is, in your opinion, um, and how what kind of platforms are we seeing today? I mean, there's tons of ways to use AI as it is today already. So who wants to get started with that? Me? Oh, sure. Man. <laughs> no, I was going to say, yeah. raise our hand. Um, uh, we've been using AI for a really long time, right? And so it's not anything that is like really foreign to us. Like it comes down to like watching Netflix to shopping on Amazon or working with, I'm afraid to say S I R I because like, I don't want my computer to start talking back to me right now, <laughs> but you know, <laughs> but you know what I'm talking about. Right. And it's yeah. one of the, like all the way from like how our technology autocorrects, like when we're, you know, spelling something, you know, by intention or not intentionally. Right. And to, down to really, it's like, it's embedded in our lives already, but, you know, there is just a new age in which we're starting to go into, which it's like, how do we start working with that part instead of the machines just learning like the algorithms and what we, you know, like what we like and being served up ads to that to really like, how is it, you know, working with like this kind of a super intelligence or this super consciousness um, or trying to get there. And that's, that's what I understand AI to be. And I'll let somebody else build upon it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Go ahead, Todd. Yeah, I think those are, yeah, those, those are all great examples of where it's already in our lives and has been for so long and people don't really think about it because it's so like ubiquitous, right? Like it just, ha it's like you flip the light switch and the light goes on. You don't think about how electricity works. It just happens, right? And those are all great cases of that. 
I think, you know, when I think about AI tools, like obviously ChatGPT is what has exploded this onto like the mainstream conversation as like a very direct, like here's an AI tool that anybody can use type of thing. Um, and really like it comes down to something that can somewhat think for itself. Like I think a lot of times, like when, when chatbots and messenger bots first came out a couple of years ago, people were talking about like how that was AI, but it really was not. It's just, it was conditional logic, right? It's, it's just a series of if this, then that statements and you pre-program like, okay, if someone does this, then say this, if they do the opposite, do the opposite. Right. So that was pre pre-programmed stuff. It wasn't artificial intelligence that was learning and making decisions. So artificial intelligence is really about like using something that can actually process information and like come up with a new output as opposed to just following a string of pre-programmed decisions. That's how I think about it. Absolutely. And I think that's what we're starting to see like in the last year or so that that's started what's, what's happening, you know, with chat GPT and, you know, uh, different types of uh, imagery creations like Dolly and uh, you know, um, there's there's tons of them, so yeah. Anna, any thoughts on this? I think I I agree with with uh, both Lindsay and Todd in terms of uh, their characterization of it. I also think that what I think is really important is understanding the data set that it used to train on, and that's that can be very important. Um, who owns yeah, the data For visual set? artists, that's why I'm very excited to hear you talk about your take on this because from, from a writing perspective, and we actually have a different a different type of process to input things. But yeah, that's where my biggest concern is from a visual artist standpoint where exactly what you're about to say. Sorry, not to cut you off. I'm excited about what you're talking about. <laughs> well, so yeah, I my brother is also is a programmer. So we had a very interesting conversation over Christmas. But uh <laughs> Yeah, I think I think we need to be smart about it. Um, I think we need to take into part into account as as entrepreneurs, we have you know risk or business owners, humans in general, right? There's always some level of risk, whether we it's whether we accept it or not. Sometimes we don't know that we're accepting that risk, right? You go to drive a car, you don't think, oh, something could happen, right? Maybe you're get on a plane or go take a bath, you know, uh, but. Any activity we do or choose to not do, there's some level of risk. And so with AI and it being newer in terms of the level that it's at today, there is some level of risk that we don't know the outcome of, right? We don't know the probability of uh, of how it's going to be used. Um, we can look at the what you um, agree to when you use each of the different um, AI software, right? And so you could look, I suggest, I mean, obviously you need to read it for yourself when you agree to it, right? Make sure you understand it and are accepting that risk, knowingly accepting that risk. But if you look at the intellectual property section, I'm not a lawyer, contact a lawyer, (laughs) work with a lawyer, you know, that whole thing. But, uh, But if you look at the intellectual property portion, it's very interesting because I think what they're doing and anyone correct me if they have a different view of this, but my understanding is they basically, for most of them, they took, they basically took the internet and then use that as their training data set and whatever that looks like. So they're not being specific. So we don't know if they're only pulling certain websites. We don't know if they're only pr- pulling certain information or certain art or whatever the case. 
and then they're training based on that. And then whatever you input into, whether it's a request, whether it's uh, music, uh, visuals, uh, copy, whatever, whatever you're inputting it, it is then you are then giving it permission to use that to help it train as well. And it can end up possibly being part of the output of someone else's request. So I think you really need to keep keep that in mind when you're accepting that risk or not accepting that risk and uh, figure out where that line is for you in terms of what is intellectual property of yours that you are not willing for that to be used for and then what is acceptable. And so in terms of ownership though, in terms of the training data set, I mean, that has not gone through the courts, right? So we don't know if something is gonna come out of that. If you look at um, what they're using in terms of input, you know, we don't, or output, we don't know who owns that either, right? If you talk to the developers, they're thinking they own it. If you talk to us, if we go and use that output on our website or emails, whatever, you know, we're thinking we own it because we prompted them to create it. So there's some gray area there that hasn't been worked out in the courts. Who knows when it'll get worked out? Who knows what that'll look like? A lot of these companies um, have a boatload of money, so they could probably hire really good lawyers. So Keep that in mind. Uh, so yeah, would anyone else like to chime in on that aspect? I'd love to. I really appreciate this approach because I hadn't thought about it like that that deeply. The way that I've seen people respond to it is like fear. So especially like in the, for copywriters, it's like, I'm obsolete. And I'm like, no, you're not. No, you're not. So there's just this big aspect of like, oh man, this is really cool. I can have like some people are definitely like kind of like being in grade school. You have an assignment. It's the night of the night of creating your content and you don't know what you're going to create. So you're going to have this tool that just spits it out for you. And that is like so cool, (laughs) but it's not meant to be used that way. Like you can use it that way, but it may not get you the results that you really, really wanted. You know, more first as a tool, like even just in writing my own website, I was like, man, I didn't have like a friend to like go back and forth. Um, and so I, I just, I, I played with it a bit and I was like, okay, so how do I, like, let me see, see this. And it was really fun to play with because it was about perception. Like there were some things that it came up with that I was like, oh goodness, no, that is not me. We're not going to use this. Or then they would come up with some, a phrase or like a word. And I'm like, I like that word, but I'm not going to, or a phrase, but here's how I say it. So this is like where the whole power of like being an entrepreneur, you have a really unique aspect on how you serve the world, on how you deliver your zone of genius that I don't believe that AI can duplicate. Yeah. I'd be interested, Lindsay, in, in your take on this also, because I find that um, when it comes to creating content, there's also something funny about even if the same words came out of a computer or versus a person, there's an energy behind it that a conscious being of a human will have that creates a resonance and frequency that an AI generated piece of content, even with the same mm. words, technically being the same, doesn't have that same resonance and frequency. And so I'd love to hear your take on that. If, if you've thought about that perspective. Um, it is why I'm here today. So <laughs> um, I, my, I have a whole, 
I have an appreciation for. So I'm not in I'm not in either or right here. I'm I'm an and. Um, but there is a really big, I think, caution that I think we all need to throw to the wind. And you know, you take you take from this what you what you what you need, right? Like, but from my perspective and working with what the soul knows. The fact that there is something out there that people are interacting with, trying to get answers from, to run their business, to get copy from, that's all going to start sounding the same. You'll start to see the chat GPT (laughs) copy or the language patterns. Yes, language patterns are important. Uh, But it's when it comes down to what everybody intuitively knows in the seat of their soul that can't be relayed through copy. That can't be relayed through imagery that is created by AI. It cannot be created with the thought of concepting, coming up with something that, and I believe most creative people who are creative, chan- uh, you know, creatives, um, entrepreneurs, anybody who creates, who has a creative mind, has the ability to channel something really beautiful from them, from what they uniquely know. And when we start using like chat GPT to really like give us the copy or the ideas, where do, where is the, where is this, um, where's the boundary between humanity and where is the boundary between like losing connection with not only ourselves but with like the people who we're trying to connect with as a business anyways but the thing is is that when we start relying so much on a machine and i just saw in the new uh the new york times just posted this whole thing on on their instagram please check it out where uh somebody where one of the reporters was working with uh bing and they started going down the rabbit hole, started talking to Sydney or whatever it was for two hours. Um, they want it's it turned into a more conscious conversation. So it's just like, well, where are we where are we losing this connection with others and ourselves? But also when we start relying so much on technology, where do we pull out from our inner knowing? Where do we pull out from our intuition? Where do we pull out from what, you know, like it's it has greater impacts. It just does. And the more we rely on things outside of ourselves, the more we forget how to rely on who we are inside, our answers, our uniqueness, the things that will wind up driving people towards us. So if somebody is on chat GPT, and please, I'm on my soapbox right now. If somebody is on chat GPT getting all of their copy, all of their artwork or whatever all of this is, you know, at the end of the day, let the people go ahead and do that because it's the people who are going to be able to speak from their inner knowing from who they are inside and and sourcing from their essence and their, what they know. Those are the people who are going to get ahead. So, you know what, let people go on the chat GPTs. I love that. And I think this is, this is a perfect example of how to use chat GPT as a tool for yourself while maintaining everything that you just said, Lindsay, because um, this is actually something we, we made this pivot a couple years ago in our agency where like the old, old agency model is you hire, you hire an agency to do your marketing. And then you're an expert in your business. You have your experience and all your knowledge. And then you hire an agency who has a, a writer who then goes on Google and researches a bunch of stuff and then starts creating marketing content based on their amateur, uh, their professional research, but they're not professionals in your space. And so we made a pivot um, a couple of years ago where every piece of content that we came from, 
came 100% based off of videos from our clients. So we either, at this point now, we really only work with clients who have their own podcast or do videos on a, on a weekly basis where we can then take their expertise and turn it into what needs to be distributed in different places. But that's where ChatGPT can also be huge is where we're not sitting there with a blank screen and saying, write me an article about XYZ. We're actually taking our existing expertise. And if it's with clients, with what I do for myself, is we'll record videos and then use our transcript of us talking about it with our experience and our expertise. And then we will give that into the into ChatGPT and say, rewrite this as an article, rewrite this as an X. So we're using our, like we are the source of the information. And then we're just more rapidly using ChatGPT as a tool to more rapidly reformat that information into something that we can put into different can, different pieces of context. I can love I... that you're doing that. Oh, go ahead. Oh, it's okay. <laughs> oh, I wanted I, that just makes me so excited because that was one of the things that I've seen in the industry is just so many people are like, oh, hey, you just have to like do this for SEO and they lose the essence of who they are. So the fact that you're so committed to have someone, their marketing be the fullest representation of who they are is right. really the most powerful thing that you can do for their marketing. It's that connection. Like I think chat GPT just creates this whole area where it's a powerful tool because it can kind of help us understand like perception a certain way but there's also this aspect of it's just it's really a tool and we get to decide like how we use it and the way that we want to use it it doesn't have to dictate oh this is the way that we do things and it opens up this whole new level of creativity and really aspect of embodying your expertise in a way that no one else does yeah, that's a great way to put it. And, you know, to, to bringing up the SEO point too is um, Google has said that AI gen, they, they have gone back and forth twice already on this in the last couple of weeks. And who knows, it could even just be like a ruse to fake people out. You never know what their algorithm, what they're planning to do with their rankings and stuff. But uh, they have what's called the e EAT and they just added an extra E. So now it's called double E double eat as their uh, baseline for how they like grade content and how they're going to rank things in the algorithm. And it's based on experience, expertise, uh, authority, and trust. And you can use AI from scratch with a blank screen to create a bunch of stuff. And like Lindsay said, it's going to create these language patterns that is going to sound generic and like anyone else who sits down and set and gives it that same prompt. So Google doesn't care if AI did that or a cheap writer that you got on Fiverr. If it's generic content that doesn't demonstrate experience and expertise and doesn't have uh, you know authority and isn't creating trust with your audience, it's not going to help you rank. So just sitting down and thinking, I'm going to spend the next hour and create 200 articles in ChatGPT, and now I'm going to have a ton of SEO content. That's not going to work because the content ChatGPT creates from scratch is not going to demonstrate experience, uh, experience, expertise, authority, and trust. So, you know, that's something to keep in mind for anybody who's watching this thinking like, oh, this is great. I can spin out a bunch of awesome content for SEO. Yeah. That's not going to be the best for you. I think when we use it as a tool, I think that we need to use it only as a tool when we've gained mastery in something. And so when we're using it as, it depends if we're using it as a tool or a band-aid. 
right? And so the Band-Aid would be like, hey, I'm going to take Tylenol because I have a headache. Whereas that's not the root source of the problem. The problem is, is like you're likely dehydrated or you're lacking nutrients or you have inflammation in your body, right? You fix those things first. Then you go use the tools, right? Like I'm not going to go ahead and get a fancy tool to rebuild problems in my home. I have a 123-year-old home. So like I understand that the tools don't fix the problem, (laughs) but it's a tool that you can use once you know how to use it. Like I have a Facebook ads uh, coach who has always said like, learn how to use the platform first before you get the manager, right? Like, so you know how to interact with it, you know how to use it. But my biggest concern is, is that where like, when we start saying, oh my gosh, I don't have enough time, I'm going to go ahead and put all of this information in and maybe like it's, it's my information, but I'm going to have it write an article. There is a certain energetic signature that is lost at that point that will not be your voice anymore. There is something really, um, it's actually highly spiritual to be able to put your pen to paper, your thoughts down into your computer, whatever that might be. And it can just be these subtle differences between this, like a simple sentence that you might choose to use, or maybe the way that you say something. And when we don't have certain things mastered, mastered, we just like lean on things as crutches, right? You know, like if we don't have a team, oh, well, I'm going to have chat GPT, like come up with all these ideas for me or like source, like what my, what my people need to know, or like my audience needs to know. But meanwhile, where is this connection and where are we not connecting where we don't know what they need to know, right? Like, get out there, go do something, go, go, go and be the face of your business and go and talk to people. This is what we're losing. We're losing this real human connection. Every single time that we go ahead and like, let ChatGPT do one thing for us, right? We're leaking our energy. Sorry, I thought I had my sounds, my notifications off, but that's my husband and he's allowed to come off on focus. So... (laughs) (laughs) See again, AI. Um, But at at the end of the day, it's, you know, how do we go ahead and really embody these things that we're like, how do we keep our power and our energy? Because every single time we're like, oh, we'll just let ChatGPT use it or, oh, that'll just be easier for that day. It's these subtle leaks that turn into bigger problems. It's just like, I'm going to go ahead and have French fries today. Mm, Okay, I'm going to have it tomorrow too, because it was really good. And then I'm going to have it every single day. You don't think that you're going to start doing something to the inside of your body. Think about what that does to your energy. And every single time it's these little tiny pinhole pricks that are falling out of the bucket with your energy. Every single time that you give your power to something else. And when you can start to take that back, you might not be creating on this massive scale if you are a small business, and that's okay. Isn't there beauty in being a small business? Well, I'll tell you the the scary part, and I am very excited and optimistic about using these as tools like we've talked about, but something that does scare me from a humanity standpoint is, all right, like if we play this out where... A, a, a bunch of small businesses and big businesses start using Jasper, Chat, GPT, whatever con- these content creation tools. If they're not using it in a in a well thought out way, where they're using it from scratch to spin out a ton of content, right? Like if I were just to say, "Oh, it looks like the office furniture industry looks like an opportunity to build a business," right? I don't know anything about office furniture. I don't know. Maybe this is going to be a bad example as we go through it. But and then I sit down and I say, "Okay, Chat, GPT, like." 
what should my my office furniture website talk about? And it tells me all these ideas. And I say, great, create articles on all that stuff. And it creates all this stuff. And then I start publishing this and I start running ads and promoting it. And I start selling office furniture like crazy. People Googling problems that they have with their office and fixing furniture. They start learning from the content that I am promoting from my bit, my office furniture business, but that furniture, but that stuff was all created from ChatGPT or Jasper, which is not based on my personal expertise or experience. And so it's diluted. And so then people start learning from this content that goes out into the world. And then those people use it to then they're, they're working off of the copy of a copy. And then it becomes the copy of a copy of a copy. And like, where does that leave us, you know, in who knows if that's happens very quickly or in a long time, but it, it, puts us in this place where everything everyone has learned is from the copy of a copy of a copy that was, that was never even based on anything with true essence. And actually when you sign up for ChatGPT, I don't know if Jasper has this also, but you check, check off a box that says something along the lines of like everything that comes out of this, like it could be right or wrong, but everything will sound plausible. And so you, it's up to you as the person using it to use it ethically and properly and to fact check everything there, like, you know, and make sure that it's accurate and not harmful and all that kind of stuff before you start putting it out to the world. And that's why I think using it as a tool that can craft what we have versus using it from scratch to start doing things and putting things out that like, who knows what the implications could be as it just becomes more and more diluted every time it happens. And just to kind of go back to what Lindsay said too, but the energy that you put behind everything that you create, I mean, if you go into ChatGPT and you haven't used it before and you start, you know, putting in prompts and doing all the stuff, you can easily get really disappointed with the output because it doesn't catch your voice. It's not you. And you sit there, read through this, and it's really generic, like we all talked about. And suddenly you're sitting there like, oh, wow, this doesn't sound like me. And then suddenly that just takes all the air out of you. And suddenly you're not so excited about all the things that you, you know, initially started talking about. So there's a, you know, but it'll learn and it'll use the stuff from his company to help train it on. So it'll get better in terms of the results that you get later or worse, (laughs) depending on how you look at it. Yeah. Yeah. Depending on who's feeding it, who knows what, right. Right. But the, the, the bigger issue, I think, is a two-parter. So there's the disconnect that Lindsay was talking about, right? Mm-hmm. That That is the reason why I do what I do, because people are so disconnected from all the things that happen. They don't know what they're thinking and feeling, and they need to paint to figure it out. And that's because this is what is happening, right? And so when people aren't using, when people aren't writing, when they're not actually using their brain, specifically their creative muscle, it's not that you don't have the ability to be creative, but the times that you really need it, that muscle is not developed, right? And so we need to still be using that every day. And if you rely on ChatGPT to write everything, if you rely on it to come up with ideas for you, initially, you are not using that muscle. And it it that mastery, you'll, you're going to see that divide, right? You'll see the people that use it instead of um, accessing their own creativity, their quality will go down. And then the people that continue to do what they were doing, but maybe use it to enhance, enhance what they're doing, you know, maybe the automation portion or whatever, their mastery will continue to go up. And that divide is just going to keep going potentially. So it's kind of like that, yeah, that movie from Adam Sandler, like a bunch of years ago, like 2006, I think it was called uh, click. 
and he like got this magical remote and he could like fast forward through like annoying parts of his life or whatever. But the remote was like, auto- I forget this was a long time ago, but it was like the remote started to pick up on his habits and patterns and would automatically fast forward. And like, all of a sudden, like he, he like closed his eyes and he was like 65 years old and he was divorced and miserable and his kids hated him because he'd like fast forwarded through everything. And he wasn't engaging in his, in his life on a daily basis. And I like you're talking about like being there and present in the moment and living, living your life and doing these things. And I think it will show up a lot, especially with the coaching industry. It'll show up a lot in client experience because it even happens in right now is you'll have someone who's like a really great marketer. And um, Lindsay, I'm excited to hear what you have to say about this and can too, especially with the launching side is you can have people who are really awesome marketers, but then you go into your program and you're like, you go into their program and you're like, oh my goodness, like where where's the you who did your marketing? I want you to teach me like that sort of a thing. And I think that will really show up in the industry with the use of it and how people choose to use it as well. But Lindsay and Ken, I'm excited to hear what y'all, what y'all think of this. I'll let Ken go first. (laughs) Well, I think just, you know, we're coming from generation where, you know, business was personal and, you know, it's, all about the human connection. And I think it, what could potentially be a little bit scary is for those people who are growing up with the AI. I mean, we're just starting out, but this obviously probably is going to get better, but at the same time, they will probably rely more on that than we do because we built the mastery, we built the knowledge. We, we've gone through the crap of things that we have to in order to get better. But for those who are growing up now, they might actually get started with this, the AI, and not get the knowing and the mastery that they actually need. So that could be potentially, you know, a little bit scary to see how that plays What's out. What's also scary on that line too is for the, the, the I'm, I'm 38. So the, the younger generation of people who even like people in my generation, like we're all getting much more comfortable texting versus actually being being on the phone, right? Like I answer the phone for like my wife, my parents and my kids school. That's it, right? Like talking the doorbell, right? Right. Yeah. Like <laughs> and uh like everybody just wants to text everyone. And even like people who send audio messages, AI, like now all of a sudden if we're doing that and a company has an is using a chat GBT type tool on the back of a chat bot, it feels like you're texting with a person and it's actually AI that knows how to nudge human behavior in different ways. And so it feels like, uh, you know, oh, I, I, I text my friends and this is how I communicate. And as you're growing up and, and that's where you're used to when you're texting and you just, you're, you feel like on your end, it's no different than having a human on the other side of the phone texting, but it's actually a like highly trained, you know, human persuasion expert who is automatically nudging you in a direction based on what you you know, if you're on a website to buy office furniture or something, you know, like whatever it is. Um, and then it, what's even scarier too is like the videos, like these AI videos, there was one of like Joe Rogan, someone made it as like, I guess it was like half a joke, but they were running ads. They made a video of Joe Rogan. It looked like a Joe Rogan episode of him talking about their product and promoting their product. And they ran that as an ad. Now, now this becomes like also a legal issue, right? Like this is fraud and impersonation at like a whole crazy level. Um, but you can't even like to say like, oh, you can't trust someone texting. Make sure you like hear their voice or that it FaceTime them. So you see them when they're, t- yo, that doesn't even matter either. Like you could get a video from someone and it could be a completely fake 
video that like the human eye can't detect. So that that stuff is real freaky to me. You're not a fan of deep fakes? Yeah, no. I'm not even a fan of shallow fakes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm curious. Um, okay. There... I'm going to take this probably in a slightly different direction for a second. My daughter is six years old. She is young. Me she's too. impressionable, right? Six-year-olds are beautiful. There is something really beautiful about their sense of being able to explore and just this knowing. They're like, no, mommy, I've got this. I, I asked if she wanted to get signed up for a dance class. She goes, no, mommy, I know all the dance moves. Her inner knowing, her self-confidence. I am also, what I didn't say, I'm also a clinical hypnotherapist. I work a lot with the subconscious mind. When we start relying on things outside of ourselves, and when we start looking at our energy, we're actually repatterning neural pathways in our minds. And so like when, you know, Anna was talking about, you know, like how like we're not using the creative side of our brains, like what is the implication for this? We are no longer able to problem solve. We are then searching for answers that are being fed to us versus the things that are meant to be shared. I work with creatives because I truly believe that it's the creative mind that is going to help change this world. And the more that we can think, not with, because logic hasn't worked so far. It's the creative mind that's going to help us move so far out of whatever the hell we're in right now. And it's going to take a collective of these creative minds. And the more that we rely on things that are not creative, that are being fed to us, we don't even know, like, you know, like Todd mentioned that whether it's true or not, we don't know if it's true, but we're still accepting it as truth because it comes from the internet. It comes from intelligence. It comes from the things that are being fed to us. If you start to think that, like, you know, you start to think about hypnotic language and the things that people use to help guide, you know, like politics, world events, all of these things and how we how, how like some people can totally believe one thing and then another set can totally believe another. It's all based upon what we have grown up knowing. It's based upon our belief systems between what we have developed between the ages of two and around two and seven years old. And that and that really creates our perception of how we believe the world works. And that is what it is. And we continue to be fed these things. But if we are now developing these new neural pathways saying that we don't know what we know, then we are getting taken out of our creative minds that are going to help change the world because every single creative person has the ability to heal somebody else. I truly, truly believe this. And this is why I work with people like this because it is, you know, we're, art is healing. Creativity is healing. Your voice is healing. Your energy is healing. And it's when we are pulled so far outside of our knowing. My daughter comes to me and she knows everything. And that energetic being of who she is, is the most beautiful light. She is a healing light. Children are healing because they are not already fed these things. But it's when, you know, my daughter comes back from school because she's been beaten up. She's been beaten up and bullied. And she is, and it's because people want her attention. 
because she is such a light. It's the people who are reenacting things on video games and on AI and these other things being like, it's okay to hit another person to get their attention. It's okay to do these things. It's not okay. And so if we think that, you know, just, oh, oh, it's just okay to like do this. Like I'm, I, I'm not against AI. I use it. I use, you know, like, uh, these systems to help me manage my clients because I want to make sure that like I am showing up on time and that I can get them information a little bit faster. But where I am drawing the line is where I let another intelligence tell me what I need to think, tell me what I need to say. Because at the end of the day, when we start relying, when we all of us right now start relying on something outside of us. We're then teaching our children to do so. And you know what, what then is going to start happening? They're going to start losing that human connection. And we've already seen this with, you know, schools being closed down for like two, for a year or more and kids not interacting with each other. My child's getting beaten up at six years old. That's not normal. That's not normal. And so if we think that there are bigger implications for this, think that another six-year-old could do this to another six-year-old. Think about what can happen to another 40-year-old doing this to another 40-year-old. That's petrifying. And so it's not just about business. It's about how we as creatives, creators, and entrepreneurs can really use what we know and put it back into the world to really help create a better place, one where we spark creativity, one where we get people excited, one where we're deeply in our fulfillment. Because when we start leaking all of our, I don't know, or questioning ourselves or doubting ourselves and putting ourselves into these models to write our copy, to do these things for us, then we really start to question ourselves. We become disconnected from who we are. We become depressed. We become anxious. And then we're wondering like, why is my business not working? My energy is on a default that is so low where you're only going to attract the frequency and resonance that you are resonating at. So unless you can get yourself into the creative mind to live from a place of love and this enlightenment and this joy and this like this deep seated purpose, you're only going to attract what you are. You cannot attract anything else. It is a universal law. So when we start looking at how can we raise our vibration, it is literally stop leaking your energy. How can I take my power back? How can I bring it back into myself? How can I bring it back to what my soul knows, to my essence and my being? Why am I here? Don't live out these karmic lessons <laughs> if you don't need to. Yeah, I think that's a... Sorry. Yeah. Go ahead, Ken. I uh, just going to mention, you know, something Caroline mentioned in the chat here that, you know, kids are already starting to use AI to write reports and stuff like that within the school system. And, you know, how are we learning them to get creative, you can be creative with all the stuff that you're creating. I mean, where where does this end? So, yeah, I think in those cases, it's like similar to, you know, that thinking about it, like in the school, it's similar to like using a calculator or something like that. I mean, I, I graduated high school and college before, like a lot of the technology was really a big deal, but like now it's okay. In, in your whole life, you're going to be able to use your phone to figure things out. So the tests are different now in school. It's not like you can't research during the test. It's like, you you know, it's like adapting education to be like, all right, well, most of your work in your life is going to be a group project or you're going to work with your colleagues, uh, you know, like in figuring out ways to do that. So it's like I've heard of uh, they referenced the New York Times article, which there's probably like a thousand of them at this point about the, these topics. But I've also heard of like professors where they say, like, bring your laptop use ChatGPT to do this. And here's like, the, it's a new assignment. 
and it's you you know it's how like learning how to use tools properly and it's like we're not going to tell you not to use chat gbt to write your paper because it's a great tool to help you but you have to do it this certain way or this is how you can use it or that kind of thing i'd also love to hear like uh, to circle back into like what Lindsay was saying about like creative energy and like being the essence of who we are and in the same way of like used to be uh, like taking pictures and developing film. And now we have digital cameras, right. Or digital phone cameras, you know, like we're next level, but like Anna, like what's your take on using AI as the creative tool, right? Like it, it can be definitely like super fun for people. I haven't really dabbled in the like creating imagery type of stuff, but for the people who were, you know, pen and paper or paintbrush and, and canvas, like, can they sit down and play around and be creative in the AI tools to create these types of things and like still use those types of muscles? I'd, l- I'd love to hear your take on that. Potentially. I mean, obviously I'm coming from the aspect of I have not used it for art because ethically I disagree with it at this point, but, uh, but I think, um, I think you have to be careful about the mindset you have going into it. And I think you have to be careful about the creativity that you're giving the tool to then train on, right? Because when you sign that agreement or whatever, there's that intellectual property aspect that you've now given to it. So I think you could potentially use it to uh, use some of your creative muscle, but there's all different ways that we can be creative, right? So are you going to use it in all these different ways? Are you going to still do pen and paper? I mean, there are things that are happening in the brain that are different when you actually do it physically than when you're doing it on a computer and I'm older than you. So, (laughs) but I remember the test in engineering where you still got to use the book. That just meant the test was going to be harder, right? Like, right. Exactly. It's a matter of reference material. And the thing, the thing that I think people are going to get frustrated with with chat GPT or any of the others is it's stripping out the reference information, right? So it's not like Mm -hmm. when you go to a website, you see, you know, you know, oh, this is a reputable web website or whatever, you know, you at least have that lens of it, right? When when it's giving you information back, you don't know where they got it from. So yeah. you don't know whether it's valid or not. And unless you have that level of mastery on whatever it is you're you're That's a good point to raise and so, you're not so, gonna be able to you're yeah. not gonna be able to filter that, right? And so that's one of the I things think, too, a tip, yeah. a good tip for people using ChatGPT is you can ask it for sources. So when you ask it for stuff, you could say cite your sources. And then, so that can give like an, which, you know, at this point, I, I haven't really seen a lot of people talk about, but to your point, like you don't know where it's coming from. It's based on whatever language, you know, whatever in Intel, you know, whatever information it was fed to learn off of. So you can say, you know, what's give me an answer to whatever. And then, and cite your sources and give me a link to it. And then so that you can do it, it'll help you speed up the due diligence. And then it's like, all right, well, if it gives you a bunch of broken links, all right, well, maybe this isn't so great. Or if it gives you links to a handful of scientific journal papers or New York Times article or whatever, then you're like, oh, okay, this does check out, right? So that is you, uh, one you kind still of quick don't way know to... If it's like, you don't, you don't know because we don't have the code, right? So we don't know if what it's prioritizing over others, what it's discounting, what it's... We would only find out what it's including, right? So we don't know what it's discluding. Right. When it's... So it could be, oh... I see the same idea in a thousand different websites. Therefore I'm going with this idea. Right. I don't think it's right. going to tell you that. 
Yeah, and I can give you guys an example on... But that's not much different than just going with a Google search and clicking on the top result, right? This is just kind of combining except, things and then you can check the search. Except you're looking at the raw data on the website that they referenced versus how they interpreted it potentially through the learning Yeah, language. that's my point. And when you ask for the site links, you can go and check the site, C-I-T-E site, right? And see where they're getting the, the reference material from. So you are getting the data that it's making the interpretations from. Let yeah. me give you an I example. I just don't know what it's discounting. Because there was, I don't remember who it was or anything like that, but it came up in the media and there was someone who was like searching, like, give me five heroes of, you know, the modern world or something like that. And it lists out a couple of names. And one of the names is the name of a mass killer that did, killed 75 people or something like this, you know, in 2004, I think, back here in Norway. And he was considered a hero because there's so many articles around him where he is talking about, you know, the Islamic way and blah, 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 and all that stuff. And they praised him because it was targeting those kind of people who believed in what he believed in. But that obviously he was not a hero because he killed so many people. And that's where kind of chat GPT got it all wrong. So again, you know, it's just taking some data, but it's not, you know, what kind of data, data is it picking up on? Like you mentioned, Anna. Yeah, and I think and and the someone had mentioned it earlier too, like how Bing Bing Search included it uh, has started to include it, and people it's just like off the rails already after like I think it's like less than a week, right? Um, which is where also like how do we use these tools? And we're we're down this rabbit hole of a conversation where we're kind of talking about using it as like a research place and a place for getting information, whereas like that's not at least at this point not how I'm using it, right? Like I'm using it to like recraft things or like if you use a tool like Jasper, you're using it to create content or articles or things like that like where yeah, it is pulling from who knows what on the back end. Um but we're not using it as like research where I'm like, I want to learn about like how round the world is. And then I'm like, Oh my God, it turns out we're the, the world is flat. Right. Like, so I think knowing like how we're using these tools and like, okay, if you're using this as a search engine or a knowledge base to like educate yourself, I don't think we're nearly at a point. Like I wouldn't trust it in that scenario whatsoever um, because of all the stuff that Anna said and Lindsay said. Um, but I think if we know like how and when and where to use these tools, they'd be super powerful and positive. Absolutely. Well, do you do your parents still have Encyclopedia Britannica? Maybe, uh, they might. Mine, mine still has AOL. So, does anyone own? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, kind of going along, like with you know, like for research and stuff like that too. You know, when I working in with some of the most brilliant creative minds, probably in this world. It was really beautiful to see how they got away from their desk to do the research. They got away from their desk to be inspired. They would go to the Museum of Modern Art, or they would go sit in Central Park, or they would go to a party, right? They would live their life. They would live life. And that's where they would get their inspiration from. So from a marketing standpoint, when we're looking at standout marketing and these beautiful concepts, and it's the concept of creative between the visual and the verbal, that is a really beautiful, when you can marry the two together, it's really when um, magic happens because the subconscious mind works on visuals, right? And so when we start working on the visuals and what that looks like and then how then it is voiced, right? It, that is something that I don't think any 
artificial intelligence will ever be able to give somebody. It can give somebody a spark of inspiration, but if somebody is lacking inspiration, go out, go do something, go live your life. Yeah. I think we're, you know, we're also looking at anyways, it. Right. Yeah. And we've been talking about it. And I think all of us are in the small business world and probably most of the people attending here. Um, but then like, if we also look at like the grander scale of like amazing solutions that it provides is like, think about like crunching big data and large amounts of like technical insights that need to be processed rapidly and create solutions. Like if we're talking about someone like a, a farmer who's growing crops using organic, uh, you know, organic and sustainable weed killers in order to make sure that our food is healthier and not using chemicals, you know, um, uh, the words escaping me, but bad chemicals that mess up our food, but they have an irrigation system in their farm that's collecting data on like, where do things need to be properly irrigated? Where do like, where should weed killers get dispersed into here and like flying it out and like having a, an AI system that's a, able to process all that huge raw data in real time and then deploy solutions to keep our crops safer. Like those are things that like humans are just like not able to do at a fast enough pace or at a large enough pace in those types of scenarios. So like thinking about like the amazing things that AI will be able to help humanity with also is like, you know, there's great things out there. So I forget whoever said in the beginning, but when you invent something new, you also, there's pros and cons. Like you invent planes, you invent plane crashes, right? Like there's, so um, it's like, you know, do we, you know, how do we live and live and work in a way where we're, you know, I would rather look at the world as hopeful and optimistic and, and positive and feel good about it. And then know, okay, here's a bunch of negative things that we need to be aware of. And like, how can we not avoid them? Because just like putting our head in the sand is not going to help the situation going right. Like we just ignore it and other people are going to take it. But like, how do we know what to do to mitigate those risks and like maximize the positive side of things? Yeah. Yeah. And that, that's where I think, uh, farmers data comes into play because individual farmers may not want other people to have that information. Um, there's actually well, there, some these systems right now yeah, but these could be like, about that. <laughs> yeah. That, but like an individual farmer, like when you have an enclosed system, that's not necessarily connected out to the internet or going out anywhere. It's just an internal system on your farm. you right. Like, and you're a farmer who needs to kill the weeds four miles down on your farm and you need, instead of driving around up and down and doing all that stuff, like now you can have a system that's monitoring that and, and helping you make decisions faster. Yes. I think, I think that there's obviously like a place for everything, right? Like there's not, it's not this, the, this or that it can help. And then also it's who is behind the programming of what is safe too, right? It's like, it's like, there, there is still that human element that's something that determines what is safe and our safety standards are sometimes different than other places and you know like yep. we have well, gmos yeah. and all those setting the parameters po- yeah we have right. poison on our shelves and like where they don't even sell it in europe right so it's like one of those things where it's just like what is what is governing all of this stuff behind the ai too right and so it's really like it gets into like this whole big thing like who's behind it? Like, who's the wizard of Oz, right? <laughs> like, like, you know, is it just this guy, like this, like guy, like wearing a green suit, like sitting behind a booth with like a big boom, like a b- big Ken. boom box, right? It's Ken. <laughs> Busted. And, 
you know, it, there there is a way that we can make this beautiful. I mean, like, I don't think we would be on here without AI either having this conversation. So this is also developing human connections. So I think it's just really where we're sitting and like not letting it take us out of who we are, out of our knowing and oh, still right. making sure that we are living our lives in a really full and robust way, because that is what will heal us, right? Like, I have used like Google over the last few months to figure out like what is like going on. Like I have autoimmune problems. Like what is going on in my body? I have learned more from Google than I have from all of my doctors. <laughs> and I'm like, what is going on? So there is a time and place. And I'm like, wow. And now I'm on this whole protocol and I feel great. I feel really, really good. And I'm like, wow, if it weren't for the internet, where would I be? Right. And so I think that there is just this really beautiful balance, right? It's like the balance of what the ecosystem with the earth, right? Like we need to make sure that we protect it, but we can also make sure that we use it too. Like we're here to be, to do both. And like, how do we protect and how do we also consume, right? Like how do we give and how do we receive? And I think it's as long as we're not giving all of our power away and we're also not taking the things that we don't necessarily, the things that take us out of our knowing, the things that have us question ourselves. Like if we were asked and like given a piece of paper being like, how do I do this? And if you can't do something without like sourcing it on like the internet, then there's probably a really good opportunity for, for some learning. Right? Well, that's um, like any kind of marketing systems too. Yeah. Like even when marketing quote automation came out and it's like, Oh, we bought HubSpot, right? Like, well, now you have it, but you still have to figure out what your marketing strategy is in order to actually create the content that you're putting out and the messaging and like what goes where and when. It's like people are just like, oh, we got, we want to automate this. It's like, but you didn't even do anything yet. Like you have to do it first and learn from it before you can, you know, use tools to be able to make it better. Yeah. And I just think that, you know, there are so many people who are just so hungry, especially in our in our industries, right? That like just want to keep getting ahead. And I think that it's understanding that there is a balance and there's a necessary learning. And, um, you know, Anna put in the, in the comments, it's the path to least resistance, but so, it, you don't need to resist something, but that doesn't also mean that you shouldn't be learning from a challenge, right? Like it's the lessons learned that create wisdom and that wisdom is are the things that we can then share with other people how we can do things better like what we've already you know learned here is also collective wisdom right by getting together not going on uh, on the internet being like well what do i do what do i do right like how do how, how do i go in on like a chat bot and like figure out like how to make a question better to get to derive better results it's how do we start asking ourselves better questions how do we start sourcing and answering our own things like we we can all answer our own questions. We have the power to do so. We've just been taken away from it. And I think all, there's a lot of tools out here now, obviously, that helps us to actually connect more with ourselves. To you know, it gives us more time to actually spend on ourselves. Um, I would love to kind of steer this conversation towards some of the positive things that we do use AI for in our business and our marketing today. If any of you guys are using any of the AI tools out there today. Well, one of the ways how I use it with my clients is, oh, sorry, Lindsay, did I interrupt you? No, I just oh. said, don't look to me. <laughs> I don't use them. <laughs> well, one of the ways that I really like to use it with my clients is 
and it's like a process of how I like to like kind of do things first, because there's this, there's been so much marketing out there that says that you're not enough, that says what you have just isn't good enough and it's not going to cut it. So it's going back to this place of like, you are the best marketer in your business. You are your greatest asset to your marketing in your business. You may not have all the know-how. You may not know the SEO. You may not know these technical things, but inside of you is the greatest connection point to meet your ideal clients. And if you're not using that, then it's just, that's just, it's not going to work. <laughs> so it's coming from this place of like the strategy that's like, Hey, it's, it's inside of you. And it's going to be something that you got to be willing to go there first. And then when you start to draw it out of you, then you start using things like chat GPT. And it's like, okay, so I want to say this. Oh, I'm just curious how that, how, how does this machine like help me understand this? How does AI help me uh, communicate it or things that are like, no, um, or it could even like draw you to the beliefs that people are believing. It's like, oh my goodness, how did that come up with that? Like, I don't agree with this. Um, so in that sense, I feel like it's a very positive aspect because if you really, if you're really seated in who you are, um, and your own power, it really makes a difference. Yeah. I know I use, at least for my part in my business, I use something called Searchy AI, which is in the platform Searchy.io. Um, and I upload my podcast there basically just to have it, first of all, transcribe it so I can get, you know, captures on it. I don't have to put any work into it. Obviously, you know, you have to go through it because it's automatic, but just to check if everything is okay, but it does that job for me. And it has an AI that basically can create a summary for me. It can create some chapters for me. It could create uh, suggestions to headlines, um, stuff like that, which makes it a lot easier for me than having to sift through, uh, you know, 45 minute episode, listen to it again, make notes um, and, Mind you, I recorded that episode probably two months ago, so I don't remember the conversation, to be honest. So that saves me a lot of time, and it just uses the information that's already there, picking out the pieces, and, you know, yeah, sure, I can put my spin on it and, you know, make it my own, but it gives me something to start off with, which I create all the show notes with that, which is awesome. And I saw today a video where Adobe has come out with some speech, speech enhancement tool, which basically means that if you have a lot of echo in there or you have noise or you, your microphone is you're holding it and you're tapping it, it clears up the noise pretty damn good. It's really good AI. So to me, I, I'm starting to see there's a lot of small tools that really can help us in our business to make our stuff better in that sense without actually taking away from the humanity aspect of it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I already said this before, but how we're mainly using it is we're taking our own transcriptions and then saying like, write this into an article format, put subheadings in here, break up the topics, like ex, you know, ex, put this topic into a into a Twitter format, put this topic into an Instagram caption, right? So we're using we're just having it reformat and rewrite into different formats and contexts uh, based on what we're putting it into, and that just speeds up our process tremendously. Also, sometimes I like to have fun and I say, like, rewrite this in the voice of Dave Chappelle and see what Dave Chappelle would say about it or, like, Jerry Seinfeld. Or, you ever know, every, everything I do is, like, write this in the voice of Jerry Seinfeld. And, and it always just, everything starts off with, like, what's the deal with content marketing? All right, I mean, seriously, folks, how many blog posts do you need to write? That sounds just like Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> <laughs> 
Any thoughts to that? I, oh, I've used Searchy.io as well. And um, I really like it for the um, closed captioning aspect because you can download the transcript. And so um, I know people have people very close to me that have had hearing loss. And so for them, it's really important that they can read that and it helps to be ADA compliant. So um, I'm glad to be able to provide that to them in a way that isn't cost prohibitive. And so um, having that monthly membership fee is worth it to me. Um, I have tried using a different, uh, what was it called? Video bolt, but I found it limiting. So I think, video I mean, obviously, bolt, did you say video bolt? Cause I was trying to bolt make video. intro and outro videos for my product. So I think what people need to keep in mind is if, if it's not to the level that you're wanting it to, by you giving it information, you will help it improve so that it can get to that level. Right. Cause as it is with any type of, um, you know, whether it's typical coding or not, you know, there's, it always goes through this, this phase of testing and making sure that based on the input provided that the output makes sense and all that. And if it doesn't, then, you know, they need to troubleshoot it so that I can get to that quality level. So if people are wanting it to progress, you know, there is that aspect. So you have to weigh that risk with the opportunity, potential opportunity of it getting better. But yeah, I think, I think there are specific things we could use. Just know it is a little bit like the wild west right now, because I don't think there's any laws about any of this, about how they use the training data, like I said, or, um, or repurpose it, um, or, uh, who owns it. So. Yeah. 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 And I've also used, uh, Dolly, um, just to, I don't know if you guys have this problem, but if you're creating something like a website or you need some graphics for a podcast, whatever, and you get a headshot of, you know, your guests or whatever. And sometimes the image is just too small. But mm-hmm. with Dolly, you can extend that image by giving it the information that, you know, speaks oh, to that's it. Great. Or if you're missing some you know, piece great. of the arm or something like that, you can add that and just it generates it, which is really cool. Oh, that is really, that's smart. I hadn't thought about that. So, uh, Lindsay, you don't use any AI tools? Is that what you're saying? Well, I, or use, are you... I don't use it when it becomes a super consciousness, right. <laughs> but I do use it. Um, so with the Adobe programs, I think that they're fantastic. So with Premiere Pro, for instance, when I'm editing videos, um, I'm able to, like Anna was saying, I make mine ADA compliant and I make sure that I have subtitles. And I think that that's a really beautiful thing. On any story that I post on Facebook... I will have the I will have the closed captioning because I think it's a really important thing for people who are either hearing impaired or you know have it on who have it on silent. I think that those are really great things. Do they always pick up my voice and what I am like the actual words? No. So you go back through and you make sure and you edit it right to make sure that what you intend is always there. Um, so from that perspective, I use it and I, this is where I think it becomes a really great tool because I already know what I'm saying. It is something that helps enhance. Right. Um, and like you were saying with, um, you know, like, uh, with sounds or like working with like the different, like background noises and stuff like that. Yes. Like that cuts it out. It's fantastic. Um, 
I also use Spotify. Like, let's talk about music streaming for a second, <laughs> right? Like, I like that it knows the types of music that I like, so I don't have to listen to things that I don't. Like, it's nice, right? <laughs> so there are things that, you know, yes, it can help. Like, it helps with, like, online banking, fraud protection. Love it. Go do more of it, right? I mean, like, so there is AI all over the place, but... You know, it's it's just when it's just taking us away from who we are. That's just where I draw the line. And I think that anything that can help support who we are is a really wonderful thing. Like if you're getting served up a meditation, go do it. Like, great. Like that can help your mind. (laughs) Right. Or if you're being served up something that like asks you really good questions or thought provoking questions. Answer them. That's great. You know, and there's like. You know, we use Google Maps all the time. Like, how do I get from one place to another anymore? I don't know. Like, I'm not pulling out a big map because it's dangerous. Have you seen the people who drive in New York and New Jersey? We probably, if you don't <laughs> live here, then like, you know that all eyes and on the road are very important. So <laughs> it's, um, you know, it's these types of things, like even tools and surgery and being able to get into something like microscopically, like these are really important things. Do I know how to perform surgery? No, I don't. But would I let somebody who's manning behind it go in and actually help my body? Yes, I would. You know, so there's a time and place for everything. And I think that, you know, as long as we don't let it become a mind and act like a human that we are interacting with. I think that that's yeah. really where, you know, we need to that's think a hu- about- That's huge, yeah, to not treat yeah. it like a human that we're interacting yeah. with. Right. Yeah, like if you have a question, go ahead and ask somebody a question, right? right. Like what's more engaging, getting on your stories on, on, you know, on Instagram and being like, hey, like, what do you guys think about this? You get real-time feedback. And if people, if you don't hear something, you get crickets, right? <laughs> like if it's really not resonating, you're not getting anything. But if you go on to chat GPT or these other, these other forms that are becoming the minds, you know, it like they'll, they, you might be told something that you don't need. And you might go down rabbit holes that you were never intended to go down. Yeah. That's and like so, Anna said, you know, you have to protect yourself again because you don't know where, where it's coming from or what it's no. including or not including. Yeah. And that's information from anywhere. Right. Like when, and I think that when we lose that human component, we just, you know, we, we forget, like, do we trust this or is it just being given to us because so it must be true. Right. Like when we remember that commercial, like, well, this was a while ago, a couple of years ago, but it was like the girl, it, it was like a whole parody of internet cliches and she just was like believing everything. And then the, she's like, oh, I have to go. I have a date with my boyfriend who's a French model. And it was like this like <laughs> ugly guy who walked over and he's just like, uh, bonjour. Yeah. And he's like, you know, but like his profile said French model. I was oh, like, they need so to bring funny. that back now. Right. I mean, like as people who are able to sense, like we can sense when something's just not right. Right. But when we're sitting and relying on a computer all the time or, or, or relying on this, you know, intelligence, it's just like, well, how do I know it's not right? And so use it, you use it to help you. Just don't use it to lose connection. And if there's a way for you to gain connection with yourself, use it. Because I know that there are some ways that you can also use ChatGPT. Don't use it in lieu of a doctor, but use it in like 
as a tool for you to ask better questions with your doctor. Hey, I saw this. Is this something that I might have? Or is this something that I should be considering, right? Like, hey, I feel this way. What could be the cause of this? I mean, like, don't go on WebMD because that could also be a problem too, right? Like you're, you're, you're self-diagnosing, but at least you're being able to give, like, ask better questions, right? And if it helps you ask a better question, great. Because you, you only know to the level of what you know, right? You don't know what else to ask. So use it as a tool to go deeper, to go further, but then also draw the line of where it takes you from who you are, what you're able to put out there, the beauty that who you are and the imperfection of who you are. Because nobody likes somebody that's perfect and spitting out all the right answers that you get from an intelligence. Be a little messy. It's fun. Does anybody know, speaking of spitting out the answers, uh, I know they were, that there was someone who was going to court, I believe it was like a traffic violation or something, and he was going to use, I want to say it was ChatGPT, but it could have been something else, as his attorney, and he was going to have it there, and it was going to, the the inputs were going to be, you know, whatever was going on, and and he was going to use that as the answers. I know, I don't know when that was happening, though. From the looks of your faces, I don't think you guys know if it happened yet. Yeah, I don't, Kristen, that's what I'm, I was going to ask how, if anyone knows how it turned <laughs> out. I don't know if it happened yet. Now I need to go but search. That does make you wonder, though, because Section 230, that whole, like, validating information law, I don't know that that is applicable to that. So if, if it does give him wrong information or if he loses the trial, you know. Could he win a lawsuit against the owners of ChatGPT? I think he's. I think the thing I saw, he signed something um, about it, but it was also like a seventy-five dollar parking ticket or so. Like it was like it was not anything like substantial that he was really going to be in trouble for. Like it, it really was more of like a, you know, um, let's see how this goes. <laughs> yeah, I'm curious though. Do you guys feel like this is that we are like on this line of? Blockbuster, Netflix, uh, music industry, Spotify, where, you know, either you embrace it or you're just going to fall off kind of a thing. Uh, it did not go through the state bar of where whatever state it was in uh, did not allow him to do it. Right. But I'm just thinking about AI in general. Yeah. Like, are we at that stage now where, you know, either you get with it or you are dinosaur, basically? I mean, well, I think- it... it Oh, I think like if you like you can get with it and you can do it. It's just like, you know, some of these other technologies that have come out like Clubhouse was super popular for like a really like for like a minute. And, you know, like everybody had to get on it, like go on it, explore it, see what it does. But at the end of the day, like you'll be able to tell what's written by a human being at the (laughs) at some point. And if that if that's who you are looking to attract another human being who might need your help. Um, you should probably write your own stuff, right? <laughs> like like you, you, you'll start to be able to see the difference, I believe, um, and feel, because we are all feeling beings, um, you'll be able to feel what's real and what's not. That's where I'm at on it. But also, just so you know, Blockbuster, I just got a VCR from my in-law's house so we could play old Disney movies. I wish it was back because my daughter loves them. <laughs> Well, there's still one blockbuster left, right? So, you know, that blockbuster but, was amazing, but they don't have VHS probably anymore. <laughs> <laughs> All 
All right. I think this has been a really interesting conversation, and uh, I think we could probably go on for hours talking about this. But I think we filled out a pretty good almost one and a half hour here with great content and sharing our perspectives on how we can use it and how maybe not use it. So people have um, a better understanding of, you know, how we can use AI in our business and our marketing and yeah, not to. So I just want to say thank you to everyone uh, who's been joining in and listening on the conversation and you guys being on the panel, sharing your uh, experience, your expertise and your thoughts and your perspective. So thank you so much. Yeah, thank you for having us, Ken. This was fun. And thank you, everybody else. This is really great. I appreciate everybody's perspective here. And, and just being a part of this has been an honor. So thank you, everybody. Yeah, thank you so much. This has been really fun. And um, I really enjoyed learning from you guys, too, because now I'm just like, okay, well, it's not as bad as it thought it was. But it's also, you know, like, I can change, too. But it's like, you know, there, there are ways that we can all work with this. Right. And like, I didn't realize like some of the other things that it was capable of. So I really appreciate everybody's perspective and you know, what we like just arming ourselves with more information has been really beautiful. So, you know, the more we know, uh, the more we, we, we know what we can do. So thanks. Thank you so much. Like I would love to stay connected with everyone here and, um, it's just been a really great conversation to be a part of. Thank you for hosting Ken. Welcome. Thank you, Ken, as well. And I think it'll be interesting to see. I don't think AI is going away. I think it's embedded in a lot of ways. I think it's just a matter of how um, the language modeling happens that I think is what we're addressing right now. So we will see where it goes and we'll all have front seats to that, I think. Awesome. Well, thank you, everyone. And um, I'll make sure everybody gets to replay. And like I said, I will be sharing this on the podcast, YouTube, wherever it is. And you guys are going to get uh, a chance to share it with your audience as well, if you will, to do that as well. So thank you, everyone. Take care. Thank you so much for listening to the Oh My God, I'm Launching podcast. Now, if you like this episode, I would really appreciate if you left a review over on iTunes. And secondly, head on over to Instagram and connect with me at Ken Westgar. That's K-E-N-W-E-S-T-G-A-A-R-D. And drop me a DM and tell me all about your launch. And I'll catch you in the next episode.